Welcome to another episode of Finding Your Water. I'm Minister Joe Moss, a.k.a. Joe Devation. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about Easter and how Easter is the day we celebrate Jesus rising from the dead. But let's be honest, that's not always easy to believe. How does someone just stop being dead? And are we, are we sure it even happened? What if it didn't? And if it did, so what? What does it have to do with our lives today? Well, it turns out that we're not the only ones that have asked these questions like this. So when Jesus died, even his closest friends and followers had questions, fears, and doubts. So in this episode, we're going to see how Jesus shared the good news with his friends that he really was alive and that nothing, not even death, could separate them from God's love. Not ever. And the same is true for us today and forever. Because the love of Jesus is bigger than our doubts and gives us hope. Stay tuned. This episode is going to bless your life. Have you ever thought about how long forever is? If you Google the word forever, you'll learn that it means for all times, for always. That's a pretty long time. I mean, there aren't many things that I could think of I could do forever. You know, I know my kids could probably eat ice cream and watch Disney Plus forever. But, but what about you? What's something that you could do forever? But the one thing that I do know, that God's favor will be upon you forever and ever. Just think about that. Just think about that. In the last song we just were listening to, it says, May his favor be upon you in a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. And then it repeats. But God is here to grant you favor forever and for all the generations to come. Now, I know there aren't too many things that I could do forever, but there are plenty of things I could not do forever. And one of those things is, is juggling. I'm not a good juggler. 
Nah, you you know, you might be thinking otherwise. You know, you're a guy with great hand-eye coordination. Listen, I am not a good juggler, all right? Now, I might be okay if you put about six balloons in a room and I'm, uh, and I'm able to, I can bounce them around and keep them from hitting the ground. But that's about my extent when it comes to juggling. I'm not into, like, juggling bowling balls and bowling pins and, and definitely not them little rods that you light on fire that you see a lot of clowns and things doing. That's just not me. But have you ever heard the phrase, too many irons in the fire? It's what people say when they've got way too much going on. Isn't that how life feels sometimes? You're trying to make it through life while juggling your external life and your internal life. So on top of school, work, responsibilities, and daily routines, you got the added layer of managing things like relationships, drama, fear, anxiety, and stress. It can feel like a lot to juggle. And on top of that, you know, when you're at a young age, you might be trying to figure out what you believe for the very first time or in a brand new way. Maybe you are starting to ask things like, do I really believe in Jesus? Or is Christianity just my family's religion? Am I content with casually believing in God? Or do I want to follow Jesus with my whole life? What do I do when questions I have about God? There are a lot of reasons why we might have questions or doubts about God. Sometimes we start asking questions because we're learning and growing. Those questions you're asking might be an important and necessary part of learning to think critically. But sometimes doubts can form when we experience something painful or confusing. So when you start asking tough questions about God or what you believe, you know, it can be pretty heavy and overwhelming. I mean, you might not know what you believe. You might not know um, what you don't believe. You might not know where to go with your questions. You might not know what your questions even are. I mean, I get it. Seriously. I mean, I love Jesus, but I have questions. I mean, Easter is about Jesus rising from the dead. How does that happen? How does someone just stop being dead? Are we sure it even happened? What if it didn't? And if it didn't happen, and if it did happen, excuse me, so what? What does it have to do with my life today? Well, it turns out I'm not the only one with questions like these. And if you ask questions like these, you're not alone either. Sometimes I think, if only I could have lived at the same time as Jesus did. If I could have seen him with my own eyes, 
I wouldn't have a single question or doubt. Everything would make sense. But even Jesus' followers, who saw him every single day, had doubts and questions, especially around the time of Jesus' death. Oh, spoiler alert. In case you haven't heard, Jesus died. He was betrayed by one of his closest friends, imprisoned, beaten, and even executed because of his teachings. Although the Easter story is now a story we celebrate every year, while the story was unfolding, everything would have seemed like it was falling apart. Jesus' followers at the time were filled with questions, doubts, and even fears. It started when Judas, one of Jesus' followers, betrayed him. Did Judas not trust Jesus was who he said he was? Did he believe but just not care? I mean, we don't know, but we know he turned his back on Jesus. And then after Jesus was arrested, one of his closest friends and followers panicked and denied he even knew Jesus. And so we, we read about all of this in John 18, verses 17 and 18. You know, I can't really blame Peter, though. You know, he was struggling a lot, including his own pain and fears. I mean, he had been wrong about Jesus. Had he been wrong about Jesus the whole time? Had he misunderstood? If Jesus was who he said he was, why would God let this happen? Imagine spending years of your life as a disciple of Jesus, living every day in his presence. I mean, you would get to eat with him, travel with him, hear him teach, and even witness the mighty miracles that he performed. I mean, that's, that's Peter and the other disciples. That's what they had experienced, which is why it was so confusing when Jesus was arrested. Everyone expected Jesus to be their Messiah, Savior, and King. But suddenly, things had changed. Like Peter, sometimes we fear we have been wrong about Jesus. So soon after Peter's denial, Jesus was beaten, tortured, and killed. I mean, his death was public, humiliating, and painful. I mean, if there was ever a time for his disciples to doubt him, it was then. Let's see what happened next. So the Bible tells us in John 20 that it says, Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So imagine Mary's confusion when she walked up to the tomb and Jesus' body was not there. I mean, was it stolen? 
was this a trick? I mean, just imagine the things that be going through her head. I mean, this was even more painful than just knowing that he was dead. In verse 2, it says, Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciples, whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they had laid him. Peter therefore went out and the other disciple and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together and the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. And he stooping down and looking in saw the linen clothes lying there. Yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. And he saw the linen clothes laying, linen cloths lying there, and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also, and he, he saw and believed. For as they did not know the scripture, that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again to their homes. So like some of the disciples, sometimes we struggle to believe the good news of Jesus, even when we see the evidence right in front of us. As more of Jesus' followers began to believe the good news, that he really was alive, word started to spread. But not everyone was ready to believe that Jesus had risen from the dead. Now, like Thomas, you know, the Bible talks about in John 20, verses 24 through 29, it says that the other disciples Therefore said to Thomas, we have seen the Lord. And Thomas replies, unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. So even Thomas had his doubts. And sometimes we hear, we hear the phrase doubting Thomas. And so this is what happens. After eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here and look at my hands. And reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. And then Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have 
not seen and yet have believed. So like we find with Thomas, sometimes it's difficult for us to trust Jesus is who he says he is until we have more evidence. There are often times when our our doubts feel really, really big. In John 20, verse 9, it says, For as yet they did not know the scripture, and that he must rise again from the dead. And we're talking about the disciples. We're talking about the people that walked and ate with Jesus every day. At first, they did not understand. Can you relate? Did you ever feel like you didn't understand either? Peter, Mary, Thomas, and the other disciples had been with Jesus for years. But even they were overwhelmed by doubt, questions, and fears when things got difficult. So maybe doubt is more common than we might imagine. When it was most difficult to believe, Jesus' followers likely wondered, God, what am I supposed to do? What's true? Are you with me? But then, while they were still doubting, questioning, and full of fear, just like he does, Jesus showed up. So no matter how big their doubt seemed, Jesus' love for them was bigger. Because he loved them so much, Jesus met them in the midst of their doubts. No doubt or heartache could ever hold Jesus back from them. And it won't hold back the love he has for you either. When Jesus died, even his closest friends and followers had questions, fears, and doubts. But Jesus wasn't offended by or angry about it, those questions, or anything. Instead, Jesus patiently and lovingly helped his friends believe the good news that he really was alive and that because of his death and resurrection, nothing, not even death, could separate them from the love of God. Not ever. And so in Romans, the Bible talks about it in Romans 8, you know, Verse 31 through 39, you know, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? I mean, that's enough right there. You know, so when we're confused, questioning and or doubting, the resurrection of Jesus is proof that God is with us and loves us. If Jesus can't be defeated by death, he absolutely 
won't be defeated by our doubts. Because the love of Jesus is bigger than our doubts. Doubt gets a pretty bad reputation sometimes. For some reason, we think doubt disqualifies us from being loved by God or considered a true Jesus follower. We may think, if I have doubts about Jesus, then I'm not good enough. Or may cross your mind that if I have doubts about Jesus, then my faith isn't real. You also may think, if I have doubts about Jesus, then I'm going to be in big trouble if people in my church find out. But doubt doesn't have to be bad or shameful. I mean, doubt was part of the story then, and it's part of the story now. I mean, maybe this seems counterintuitive, but doubt can actually lead us to a deeper relationship with Jesus when our doubts expose what we need most. Do we need courage and clarity like Peter did? Do we need comfort and hope like Mary did? Do we need evidence and reassurance like Thomas did? Do we need the safety of the community to help us trust and believe like all of Jesus' followers did? The good news is that Jesus can give us all these things. Courage, clarity, comfort, hope, evidence, reassurance, safety of the community to help us all believe. It's so important that we spend time talking to God about our doubts, questions, fears, and even hurts. You know, whatever is making it difficult to fully believe the good news that Jesus loves us and is alive, we need to discuss those things with God. It's so important that we stay in relationship with the Lord and that we continue to seek him. Because just like the disciples, just like the people that were present with him all the time, they had fears. They had doubts as well. But the one thing you got to understand, that Jesus' love is bigger than your doubts. So, Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus' love, and not just his regular love, but his forever love. We declare that Jesus' love is bigger than any doubt, any fear that we may ever have. Lord, we ask for your help in remembrance that Jesus is alive and with us. We declare that nothing can separate us from the love of God, not even our doubts. In this Easter season, Lord God, we celebrate you. 
Sometimes we know it can be confusing. And we still have questions. And we still have doubts. But we won't forget that you love us. And that you are bigger than our doubts. And we understand that we're not alone in our thoughts and in our in our in our inquiries. There were there were other people that were confused about you, Lord God. But it's okay that if we don't understand every answer to every question that we may have. Or it's okay that we may not have a resolution for every fear or doubt. But help us, Lord God, that to understand that we know that you're not surprised or afraid of our questions. Help us, Lord Jesus, to always, that you, that the knowing that you will always help and intervene for us. And we know, Lord God, that nothing will ever change your love for us. So we thank you this day for your love being bigger than our doubts. And we bless your mighty name forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I just want to thank you once again for tuning in to another episode of Finding Your Water. I'm Minister Joe Moss, a.k.a. Joe Devation, and I pray that you had gotten something great out of this message today. Now, if you got something great out of it, I encourage you to subscribe and to share this message with someone that you know, someone that you think may need to hear something like this. I'm telling you, I encourage you to be the best you in everything you do every day, and in every way and encouragement goes a long way so if you can use this message to inspire and encourage someone that would be great so much love to you and god bless see you next time what are some of the questions or doubts you think people have about god or their faith do you share any of those questions or doubts? Is your faith one of the things you're juggling? How easy or difficult is it for you to make your faith a priority right now? What are some reasons why people your age might have questions or doubts about Jesus? How do you think Jesus' love for you can help you in the midst of your doubt 
or question. 